We're blessed with two specials today. The first one is the ladies. We're trying something different. Just please cooperate. <laughs> Female. <laughs> Young, old, middle-aged, whatever your age. We fill in with the men or the women when there's not a special. I did that for a reason on Sunday morning. Those on Sunday morning don't come on Sunday night and never see this. I wanted you to see what you're missing on Sunday night. If you didn't enjoy that, I'm sorry. All right, Ethan. Ethan Wales has our special today. The other, the other special. No, it, the other special. Um, before, before I actually start to sing, I just wanted to... Uh, talk with my church family and just say thank you for all of the prayers and support that y'all gave me whenever I had uh, a scary situation with my voice and my future. But thankfully, uh, thanks to the Lord, I got a good, clean bill of health. And I just want to thank you all for that. And it really means so much to me to have so much support from all the people that I love. situations that tug of war at me all day long I struggle for the answers that I need then I come into his presence and all my questions become clear and for that sacred moment no doubt can interfere in 
short of a happy meal i'll tell you uh back to school back to school we are getting ready i was real thrilled back there saw brand new youngin here the mercers have brought logan and uh that is terrific and he we're just having all these new uh faces and brand new babies and so we're thrilled to, that y'all brought him 
bringing your kids to church is what it's all about. And seeing them come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Seeing them get to know Him. So, uh, it just thrills my heart. You know, I have preached for, this, this coming February 17th will be 30 years. And I have never had a young kid out preach me. Okay, and so kids will be, oh, there's a baby crying and doesn't it won't ever. I have sometimes I've had to get pretty loud, but <laughs> I've never had them out preach me. And uh, and that just to me is the sound of a church that's alive. And uh, sure, we have children's church, but that's your choice. You can keep them in the pew with you. They go to children's church, I think, until the second grade. I think as high as they're supposed to go back there. And uh, so, and, you know, and it's just a. A neat thing, and I am so thrilled to see you. Go ahead and open your Bibles to, as we look at taking a stand, Daniel chapter 1, and follow along in your Bible or the screen, either one. And uh, so I was telling uh, a couple of people the other day about just taking your Bible, reading it, marking in it, making it your own, making it your Bible. And uh, have those highlights, those marks in there. Make it come alive. Make it belong to you. Just this one simple verse, taking a stand. I'm this back to school series, and we're going next Sunday morning. I'm going to have everybody that works for any school. We have tons of school teachers in our church, both from uh, at Crossit and here at Hamburg. And we're going to have a word of prayer and a blessing for all of our school workers next Sunday morning. Uh, so it'll be here, and we'll fill up this entire section all the way across. And that's about how many we have. And uh, just everybody that works for the school systems and praying for them. And uh, because they are what this sermon is all about. Every one of us have to be an example. Uh, somebody said, uh, got on to Mike Tyson one time, just a not very good role model. Uh, he said, not a very good role model, not a very good example, but he said, I don't want to be a role model or example. Well, we're all one. We're all, we all are. You can't help it. And uh, if you're older than anybody, you're an example. Usually is the way it works. So let's all stand for this reading of this one verse. Just stand, and I know you've been up and down. You can go away saying, I've had my morning workout. And uh, just out of respect for reading God's holy word, this one verse Daniel 1.8, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Father, I thank you for this time, this opportunity to speak your holy word. May your Blessing be upon it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And just thank you for that. And uh, we, we will. We've got a couple examples to look forward to. Simply put this morning, taking a stand or being an example. Taking a stand or being an example. We're going to look at uh, Daniel, the three Hebrew children. As they're found in this passage, their Hebrew names are Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. We know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but those are the names, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That's their Hebrew names, not their Babylonian names, okay? And so we're going to look at this, just this standing. 
uh, as you Daniel and the story is, is they're in a foreign land, they're prisoners, slaves, if you will. They picked out the choicest young Jewish men and they were going to use them in the palace in the service of the king. And they were getting them ready. They were going to fatten them up and say, you got to look good. So they not only were smart, they were good looking too. So they were smart guys and good looking guys. But Daniel purposed in his heart and he asked, hey, we don't we don't need to drink that wine and we don't need to drink, eat the king's meat. And some have surmised that maybe it was pork, which obviously to a Jew, that would be an unclean meat. And uh Nevertheless, and then he asked that they they would just be giving porridge, if you will, uh, in the King James, I believe it's the word pulse, and uh, which basically is vegetables in whatever form. It could have been in a soup or a porridge form, but it was vegetables. And so they said, "Can we have that instead?" And he said, "Well, my goodness, you're you're going to dry up and blow away. I'll never forget my granny looking at me and said, "Son, you need to clean your plate. You're going to dry up and blow away." So I remember you know, when I. Uh, gained a bunch of weight one time, and I said, it's my, it's my raisin's fault. I'm supposed to clean my plate. I've learned to push back and not eat as much. But it's really, here they're eating not just for, they're not eat, really eating for health, they're eating for a purpose. Now, I call this first part your the difference between taking a stand for a preference and taking a stand for a purpose. There's a difference. Some people will take a stand on their preference like, well, I prefer that, uh, uh, you know, we we have green carpet and not blue. I prefer that, uh, like churches today, that, you know, have uh, a lot of churches have swapped uh, uh, chairs for pews. Well, that's a preference. Uh, some people say, well, what style of music to sing? That's a preference. There's no scripture on there. So we could all go back to singing out of Psalms and, and what have you. So, but still it's a preference. It's a matter of you singing to the Lord. There's a difference. Matter of fact, the Pharisees did this. They got on to the apostles and the disciples because they were breaking their preference. And that's, that portion is found in just a little short thing. Mark chapter seven and verse six. The word of God, the Pharisees were standing up for a preference, not a purpose. In Mark chapter 7, verse 6, it says, He answered Jesus and said unto them, Well, hath Isaiah, it says he's asked, but that's Isaiah, prophesied unto you of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines, the commandments, the preferences, something a man made up. Okay? Uh, laying aside the commandments of God, you hold the tradition of men, such as this washing of pots and cups, and other many such slight things you do. So they were adding to it. And said unto them, full well, you reject the commandment of God that you may what? That you may keep your own tradition. So folks always make or realize this, that if I'm going to stand up, if I'm going to be counted to suffer, if I'm going to be counted to, is this right or is this wrong? Is, you know, is it red or blue? Well, it doesn't matter about red or blue. What does the word of God say? So if I'm going to take a stand, 
Let it be on the Word of God, which is what we showed these young people here. Say, this is not what Michael Reese thinks. And always remember that. It's not what any church member thinks. It's what does the Word of God say on the subject matter. And so Daniel purposed. That means he, matter of fact, if you were to look that word up, it has, it means he took, he, he planted himself. It really means to plant yourself. So many times people don't purpose in their heart until it's too late. Uh, preaching and dealing with young people a lot of times, uh, we try to say, well, sex outside of marriage is wrong. The Bible teaches against it. And, and we say, you know, when you're young, growing up and, and you go out on a date, and there's an old saying that says, never date who would not make a good mate. <laughs> That's a good one to practice because you might fall in love with somebody and it might have started out, well, we're just so in love, da, 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 da. but it's never, you never say, <clears throat> well, I'll make up my mind whether to do this or to do that at the heat of the moment. You can't wait until the heat of the moment to make a decision. That purpose in your heart must be made way before you ever get into the heat of the moment. You ever get into a situation where my flesh is speaking louder than my brain or the spirit inside of me. It's easy. Matter of fact, the Bible says that we can quench the spirit. Saved or lost people. There's The Bible's full of the examples. People can make mistakes you know the new testament equivalent of purposing in your heart is found in romans chapter 12 <clears throat> and i might have typed it wrong but romans 12 1 and 1 and 2 many of us know this i beseech you i beg you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice Holy, that means set aside, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be different. That's what it says, transformed, different. I want to live differently than the world. Folks, if you call yourself a Christian and you don't live any differently, then we're not living transformed lives. What example, what is the title of the message this morning? Taking a stand or what? Being an example. And all of us are examples. All of us uh, have an example that we want to set. Matter of fact, uh, something that just occurred in our um uh, News example of uh, Miriam Ibrahim. Matter of fact, I looked up a, a store. I looked up this picture. They had just got to Italy. Miriam is the uh, black woman there, and she's holding the baby that she had in the Sudan prison, where she the government said you were married to a or excuse me your father was a Muslim, therefore you're to be a Muslim, and you say you're a Christian, and she was going to be lashed, and then she was going to be killed as punishment for her renouncing, becoming an infidel, and turning her back on the Muslim faith. She And she, guess what? She's pregnant, she's nine months pregnant, she's about to have her baby, and still she says, I will not renounce my faith in Jesus Christ as my Savior. And there was an outcry in the world and news agencies all over. It was on Fox News, it was on different news, I was looking at different reports, 
And her husband, uh, he was trying to get her to, and he was trying to uh, get her to be released. And finally, the public pressure, they, matter of fact, they, she was released once and then retaken into custody at the airport. And they tried to hang up. She delivered the child in prison. He was in there a month with her. And they took the baby from her and said, the child's illegitimate because the father, which you see there holding the other toddler, is not a Muslim. They just didn't even recognize his, their marriage. But she took a stand. Finally, she was extradited or, if you will, released from the country. Be more appropriate. And uh, then they went to Italy. Uh, taking a stand. It's just, just as simple. And there's examples of this. Now, this is the most recent and the most publicized one here recently where somebody says, I will not turn my back on Jesus. I, sh- I shared with you a story of one of our missionaries and a, a young African. He was training in Kenya and how that he was gunned down because he would not spit on his Bible. And they asked the Muslim bandits there in southern Kenya when they were taking the Bibles and study materials, if you look on a map, Tanzania is just south of there, and they were bringing those Bibles and study materials back across when they unloaded the bus at the, at the turnaround point, and they asked the Manaquin to renounce his faith, spit on the Bible, and stomp on his notes, and he refused. And, he, and the missionary was just standing there right off a little ways, and he knew that he could do nothing without getting killed. And Samanikin was gunned down with a 50 caliber machine gun out of the back of the Jeep right there. An amazing story. Completely changed Joel Cobb's life and his perspective. So there's times we need to stand. God proved himself faithful back in our text. Here, they're rescued. Matter of fact, so to speak, he says, put us to the test. I'm going to make a long story short. And it says this in verse 14 and 15. So he consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days, this is back to Daniel, Azariah, Meshach, and all of them. And it says, their flesh was fatter than the ones that did eat the portion of the king's meat. And then in verse 19 and 20, it says this. I'm in Daniel 1, 19 and 20. And the king communed with them. Among them was all was found, none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them. Notice this, the word of God usually doesn't put numbers on stuff. But it says there, he found them ten times better. That's pretty cool when, when it says it puts a, a number, something you can grasp on there. So they found these guys ten times smarter, better, better looking. I mean, they were just all around. Their scores were off the charts. Listen to me very closely. When you take a stand for God, think about it. And I saw a young family in Sudan. And God says, look at what they did. They got publicized throughout the world. When you take a stand for the Lord, God will take care of the publicity. <laughs> when you take a stand for God, don't worry about trying to, well, I wonder if everybody knows what I'm doing. Forget trying to get you to say, well, look at me, look what I, you just take a stand for God. God will take care of the limelight. Okay? God will take care of saying, is, and even if nobody knows, He knows. That you took a stand for him. And then the next part, I call it standing with a passion. I love this. Still in Daniel. Daniel chapter 3. 
In Daniel chapter 3 verse 16, this is of course later on, Daniel has probably got a different position as the reason he's not included in on this. He's not seen in this part of the story. But in Daniel 3.16, this is of course whenever he builds the, the big uh, statue and says whenever you hear the music, everybody worship. And notice uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Here's their, that's their uh, Babylonian names answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, basically, let me put this into country boy terminology. What's it saying? If we're, Listen, number one, I'm not worried about how to answer you on this. I know what I'm going to do. Number, And here we go. If God rescues us, so be it. That's going to be awesome if God rescues us out of this situation. And then in verse 18, But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou set up. That's why I call it a passion. In other words, saying to the world, I believe in my God, and I believe in His Word, and I'm going to stand for Him. And if He comes through for me, I've got diagnosed with cancer. Now, I'm just using that example. I haven't been diagnosed with cancer. But, you know, somebody says, I've been diagnosed with cancer. But if God heals me, amen. If He doesn't, amen. It's kind of like the movie Facing the Giants. I'll praise Him if we win. I'll praise Him if we lose. That's called serving God with a passion. Which is what we need. Taking a stand that it doesn't matter. We can take a stand with faith. We can take a stand without faith. A lot of people say, I'll stand up for the Lord. <laughs> I ran across a, a neat story. Many of you may have heard it. Uh, Clifford Calvary. Calverly. This is a story of him, uh, or a picture of him, in 1887, crossing Niagara Falls with a wheelbarrow. And the story goes that, as a matter of fact, if you look this up, you can Google it if you want. Not now. Wait till after I'm done, okay? And uh, so the story goes that, I mean, and, and he came there, I think it was from Canada, and he not only, and he set a record, the fastest crossing on that tightrope. And coming back and all that. And he, he would skip rope and do all sorts of other things. Well, he had, I don't know if it was that wheelbarrow or a different wheelbarrow. And he said, how many of you believe that uh, I could take a man across in this wheelbarrow? Lots of hands went up. Yes. We'd... He said, who will get in the wheelbarrow? <laughs> all the hands came down. You see, it's kind of like a lot of Christians today. Yes, I believe in the Lord. Yes, I think He can do great things in our church. Who will step out on faith? Huh? Yeah, I believe in Him, but I, am I stepping out on faith? Where I have no control? A lot of us do that away. These guys, did they know what was going to happen when they got thrown the, and God delivered them? Look, the king, he's hot. Look at verse 19. Daniel 3, 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. He's been, have you ever seen on the cartoons where uh, steam comes out of the uh, character's ears? Just, 
I've seen my wife that way before, you know. Most of the time it's toward me, and well-deservingly so, okay? But just, you know, the Bible says it right there, he's full of fury. He just, ah! And he says, seven to heat it up, stoke it up, throw them in there. And they threw them in there, and you read the rest of the story, you know, they went in there. What? They're not, matter of fact, the flame was so hot, it, the fellows who threw him in got burned up. And he looks in, he's probably up on some sort of pedestal, and he looks down in the pit, and he sees four people. And as we know the story is, he says the fourth one is like the Son of God. God showed up. He rescued them. I've got to deal with something very seriously right here. Because we like to make the Lord out. To be like a, serving the Lord like a fairy tale. Oh, when you get saved and serve the Lord, it's all roses and everything works out. What if God had not rescued them? Would it still be worth serving the Lord? If you head to Acts 7, go ahead and head there. Perry, get it up on the screen. Hit it. Johnny on the spot. What if God doesn't rescue? This is a place and a portion of God's Word where God did not rescue. In Acts chapter 7, in verse 54, the Word of God says this. When they heard these things, this is is just a church member, by the way, Stephen... Many people thought he was like maybe a deacon. Man, he went to preaching. He said, I'm going to tell people about the Lord. I'm going to tell my own people about the Lord. And they got all upset after he spoke. They started biting on him. That's what verse 54 says. They just started biting on him. Somebody said, I've heard people say, man, they chewed me out. Well, it's better than being chewed on. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened to him. He was got more than chewed out. He was chewed on. Verse 55, and he being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven and he saw what? Jesus standing up. Why? He's just going to welcome him home. Verse 57, they started stopping their ears. They ran on him with one group. They cast him out of the city and they stoned him with stones. They took their, his, his clothes off and laid it the young man's feet named Saul, and they stoned Stephen. In verse 60, the most, one of the most powerful verses in the Bible, and he said, Lord, don't hold them accountable. Lay not this sin to their charge. What if God doesn't always rescue you? The story of Esther is another neat story. For lack of time, I want to get ready for an invitation. I may preach Esther tonight. Listen. Esther took a stand. It's up to you. Now, some of you Some of you have had opportunity to 
stand up for Jesus. And you missed it. And if you're saved here this morning, you knew you missed it because when you left that opportunity, I don't care if you was in a doctor's office, waiting room, having your oil changed, or standing in line at the bank, or you was in Jade's parking lot, or you was at school, or you was at work, which most of you, that's where you're standing or not standing for the Lord's going to happen, school or work, or maybe at home. And you knew you messed up because right after you walked out of the situation, guess what happened? And you said, I wish I had said something. I wish I had done something. By the way, that's proof that you're saved at the Lord went. You missed it. As you knew, you missed an opportunity to take a stand, to be an example. You just went along. It's so easy, isn't it, just to go along and laugh with everybody else? Just don't say anything. I ask you, will you stand up for Jesus?